It's Jamie Grace, and I want to welcome you guys to The Jamie Gray Show. This is a Friday, which means it will be Fighter Fridays, which originally started on my nonprofit website, imafighter.org. But I wanted to bring it to The Jamie Gray Show so that you guys can hear these inspiring and encouraging episodes in podcast format. So here is an episode of Fighter Fridays. Happy Friday to you guys, or whatever day your replay day may be. This is Jamie Grace. Welcome to Fighter Fridays here at imafighter.org, your weekly source of encouragement featuring the stories of everyday people we call fighters. Um, I'm Jamie Grace, as I said, and today I'm going to go a little personal and talk about Tourette syndrome. You guys, it's crazy. I don't ever do, if you're listening to this via podcast, then you're very confused, but... I don't ever do this eye twitch anymore, (laughs) but every time I start talking about Tourette syndrome, of course it shows up and it's prevalent and it's obvious, but, um, so welcome to my life. But today we're going to do a Tourette syndrome Q and A because I get a lot of questions about Tourette syndrome and I want to try to answer them to the best of my ability. This podcast, this video, um, I believe could be a helpful resource for someone with Tourette syndrome, for someone with a loved one or a friend with, or hopefully your friend is a loved one, um, with Tourette syndrome or somebody that is totally removed from TS in general and you just want to know what it is and what we're all talking about when we talk about our tics and such. I want to make sure that I let you guys know that I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, a neurologist, a nurse, a nurse practitioner. (laughs) That's a phrase, right? Yeah. I'm not any of those things, any of the above or anything related to that. I'm a singer who happens to have Tourette syndrome. I'm 24. I've had uh, symptoms since I was about nine years old. Um, I do have a degree in child needs development, so maybe that'll come into play just depending on what these questions are. Um, But first off, what is Tourette syndrome? Tourette syndrome is a neurobiological condition, um, meaning brain condition that causes movements and sounds called tics. Um, I don't know if I said uncontrollable movements and sounds, but um, they are uncontrollable and they are oftentimes annoying, but um, that is Tourette syndrome. That is basically the gist of what the disorder or what the condition is as a whole. Ever since I was about 14 years old, I have been doing advocacy work and awareness work and just kind of community work with Tourette syndrome and awareness and just trying to encourage as many people as I can and bring the community together. And that is what I still want to do. So I'm going to hop on over to some of these questions and go ahead and get them answered. Um, The first one comes from Maya. She is from Illinois. She's a teenager and she says, I have Tourette syndrome. I was diagnosed with it at age 11, but I also think I have a little OCD and anxiety, but I haven't been diagnosed of these other two things. It just seems like I have them. My question is, do you have um, anxiety or OCD or any other conditions with Tourette syndrome as well? Do I? (laughs) I have um, Tourette syndrome, OCD, ADHD, anxiety, and I also have asthma, but that's not related to Tourette syndrome at all. Um, (laughs) Oftentimes with Tourette, you'll have associated conditions. And so these are just the conditions that it's not like you're 100% going to have them. There's different percentages and stuff, and I'm not going to, you know, get into all of that right now, but it's not 100% that you're going to have associated conditions or these other conditions, but it's very likely, um, with all of the, like, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm not a medical professional, but I have been doing awareness and advocacy work for about 10 years. And I've done, I've done work with like the CDC and Emory and I've, I've, the Tourette Syndrome Association has had me at some conferences and I've gone to Capitol Hill and stuff. So it's been a really cool journey. 
and I have worked with a lot of people with Tourette syndrome. Typically, I see ADHD, OCD, and anxiety. Those are the very common ones that I see. You have coprolalia, which is involuntary swearing. Um, that is not the most common one that I see. I think it's like less than 7% of people have that one. I roll my eyes because the media likes to portray it as if we all have it, and it's really irritating that they would take such a sensitive part of a serious condition and, and exploit it. That's really frustrating. Um, but also um, there's echolalia, echolalia. I'm saying that right. It's where you repeat um, everything or most everything that you hear. Um, I still struggle with that to this day, but I definitely struggle with that growing up. It was very kind of painfully overwhelming. Um, I memorize movies very quickly, and so I've kind of used it to my advantage. Um, most of my friends just think I'm really smart, but Really, it's the um, it's my condition that kind of almost forces me to repeat things when I hear them. I just kind of learn to use it to my advantage to learn how to memorize songs and memorize um, movie like auditions and stuff. So that was kind of that's kind of cool way that I've used one of my associated conditions to my advantage. Um, this next question comes from Tim. I think uh, he's from the southeast, so somewhere around here. What up, Tim? And he says, "I'm 49. I'm a 49 year old dad of a 12 year old daughter. I've had TS since I was probably five or six, but was not formally diagnosed until I was an adult. Mine is quite mild compared to others, especially as I've aged. But I do have a noticeable facial tick. My daughter notices it." Um, my daughter notices it and has asked me about it. I only explained to her that it was a tick and is a nervous condition. I have not labeled it for her nor gone into the full explanation. Um, she invited me to be a guest on her YouTube show. That's cool. And she asked me as a part of the video, um, what about her is weird or annoying. I playfully complained about her leaving her coat, shoes and bag lying on the floor when she comes in from school, then she said to me kindly and inquisitively, you better go, Tim, using them big words. You know what I think is weird about you when you go, and then she mimics his tick. Um, Why do you do that? And I replied, Tim, um, this is not for online discussion, so let's edit this part out and discuss it more after a while. I got busy, the topic never resurfaced, and my question is, how do I go about explaining what T is, what TS is and is like to her? I love this question and I wanted to read it in its entirety because I think it's just, a, it seems like a really beautiful and sweet father-daughter relationship and like they're very open with each other and that's really cool. But I understand where Tim is. It's how do you explain it to someone so young, you know? How are you supposed to let her know what's going on without scaring her, without making her uncomfortable? But you also want to be honest with your children. Um, I will say the, the most difficult time that I ever have explaining uh, my tics, and I have this one tick where, again, podcasts, people, you don't know what's going on, but I have a tick where I stick my tongue out. And I'm used to covering up my mouth when I do it because obviously it's, <laughs> it's really awkward. Um, and so um, sometimes I just randomly have like a pause and it's a little frustrating that I do that. But Anyways, um, so the hardest time that I ever have um, explaining my tics is when I am explaining it to the kids that I teach at church. That is always very difficult, um, or just the kids at church in general because I'm really close with them, and then I have little cousins that are about their ages, and typically they're under 10, but sometimes it's kids anywhere from 9 to 13 to 14 years old that are pretty curious about it. Um, once they're 14 or 15, you know, I kind of give them the whole rundown of what's going on. So at the beginning of this video, I gave 
a very simple explanation of Tourette syndrome. And I would use that, you know, you can gauge when you're telling your children or your friends, your friends, kids, whoever, you can gauge how mature they are and, and what they're ready to handle. The one thing that I would say is honesty. I think kids need, they need honesty. They don't oversharing. It shouldn't be a thing, but kids can handle, I think more than we give them credit for sometimes. Um, and so, if they're mature enough to take to use the first answer that I used in this podcast, you know, telling them it's a brain condition, I make ticks that I can't control, you know, um, I that then you should share that with them. Typically, after I give that basic explanation, I say to people because people always are like, sometimes people kind of treat you like a circus animal, like they want to know, like, oh wow, let me see all your ticks, and that's so annoying. So usually, sorry if anybody's listening and they've ever done that to me, but it's annoying. Um, and so usually. Um, what I'll say, um, after that, I will usually say something kind of like, um, I usually say something along the lines of, well, it would be hard for me to explain all of my ticks to you because there's hundreds of ticks, which is not a lie because all the people in the world, we have hundreds of ticks. So I'll say to them, there's hundreds of ticks and I can't explain them all to you. But if you see me doing something quirky, it is very likely that that is a tick. You don't have to ask me about it, but it's likely that it's a tick. And I don't want, um, I don't want to discourage people from asking me questions, but I do want to discourage people from staring at me 24 seven and trying to see what was a twitch and what was me just waving my hand at somebody down the street. That's just annoying. So, um, you can gauge the maturity and the relationship of the person, how deep you can go. Now, when it comes to children, if, if you truly want to give a definition for explanation for children, this is what I say to children that I teach if they see me twitch. And I typically will tell them anyway, because they're very likely to see me twitch. This is typically what I tell them. I say, Hey guys, um, you know how we can all walk and talk and wave our hands like this and do a cartwheel. And depending on the age group or the, the amount of children that I have to tell, um, I'll sometimes I'll ask everybody, okay, everybody clap or you do a cartwheel or you spin around in a circle and we'll do a lot of silly things. And I'll say to them, well, just like you can do all of those things, I can do all of those silly things too. And I'll wave my hands, I'll snap my feet, whatever it is. And mind you, this is oftentimes I'm telling five, six, seven year olds. So I'll show them I can do all those things too. And, but sometimes my brain does things that it tells my body to do things that I'm, I don't know about. Sometimes I'll snap or I'll clap my hands and it's called a tick. And I don't always want to, and I don't always know when it's coming. And sometimes it hurts a little bit, but I'm just like you. I can do everything that you can do. It's just sometimes my body has ticks. I make sure that I use the word ticks when I'm talking to kids or twitches. Um, I don't sugarcoat it, honestly. Um, and any kid that I've ever taught, you know, their parents know that I have Tourette syndrome and um, I've never had any type of, you know, violent or aggressive tick around a child. Um, but their parents all know. I, I go to a small church and I talk about, I share my testimony all the time at my church. So they all know what's going on. They know that I'm telling their kids. Um, but I, I don't like to sugarcoat things because I, I, I don't like, one, I don't want kids going home thinking that they're going to have it all of a sudden. And then two, I don't want them thinking that it's a game or something to giggle about or to laugh about. I do let them know that that's something in my brain. It's not the way that it's supposed to be. Um, but I tell them that I'm okay and everything's going to be okay and they don't have to worry about Miss Jamie. So those are kind of two different ways that I explain Tourette syndrome to other people. One is 
for significantly younger children. I, I really have never given that explanation to anyone over the age of 12. I just gave that explanation actually to uh, two sisters of 12 and 13 year olds. So, um, so yeah, over 13. Um, but mostly I kind of stick to Pretty recently, a 12 and 13 year old, their two sisters, they actually walked up and said, you know, we want to know about Tourette's syndrome. And um, the 13 year old was talking to me first. And so I started with the initial um, explanation and her 12 year old sister walked up, who's a little bit spunkier, maybe a little more sensitive, um, very much like me. And the older sister is very much like my sister. Um, and I kind of shifted to the other explanation, kind of did a conglomeration, if that's a word, of the two. So, um, so yeah, that's what I kind of recommend, kind of gauging the maturity, but just being honest, just being being real with kids for sure. Okay, I'm going to hop over to Twitter and Facebook. I've got some live questions coming in. I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm not editing this, so you're going to see the questions um, right away when, um, or you're going to hear them as I'm reading them. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Diane says, how does having Tourette's affect your relationship with God? How have you found peace and acceptance with being who God made you to be someone with a disability or challenge? If that word is okay to use. Oh, Diane, that's a, Ooh, that's a big, deep, heavy question right there. Um, okay. If anyone's listening or watching, that's not a Christian, they might be thinking, Oh, I don't, I need to leave this. No, you can stay. You can stay. Hang out with us. Um, the way that, honestly, it, it took a long time, and I'm going to leave a video in the description, or you can search on YouTube for a video called Jamie Grace Ransom Note, and it is a video that I'm very grateful for, that ministry or organization, Ransom Note, the way that they portrayed my story. I'm forever grateful for that. Thank you guys so much. But um, honestly, it's not just Tourette Syndrome that kind of, I think, allows us to battle with that. You know, we know that I don't believe that God makes mistakes. God does not make any mistakes on any of us, and so it's hard for me to think, okay, well, if he doesn't make mistakes and he's so awesome and perfect, then why won't he fix my Tourette syndrome? And long story short, I've really just come to learn and understand that there are things about my Tourette syndrome, there are things about my tics that actually make me a better person and that make <laughs> not better than anyone else. I'm not saying that, but they make me a better version of myself. Um, I have another uh, podcast episode. I think it's episode two. Um, it's called What Tourette Syndrome Taught Me, episode one maybe. And um, it really just explains all of the things that like the courage that I have to to go and share my story and the ability that I have to fit in with the kids or to love on the kids that don't fit in because I was the kid that didn't fit in. You know, if I didn't have Tourette Syndrome, maybe I would have fit in with the other kids, but I didn't. And it, it taught me how to be tough. It taught me how to have a stronger relationship with my family because I realized that the people that called themselves my friends weren't going to maybe stick around that long once they found out my about my Tourette and stuff. So it's definitely taught me a lot. And ultimately it has drawn me closer to the Lord because every time I'm going through pain, every time I'm facing a heartache or a hardship, hardship. Um, it, it, it makes me realize that I can truly trust on trust in God and, and depend on him. So, um, so yeah, that is, that is definitely the, the answer to that question. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh, this is so sweet. Someone said I have TS, so I don't have a question. I just wanted to thank you for being a great advocate because it's so misunderstood. Thank you so much for saying that. Leah says, does it offend you when TV slash movie slash book make, books make fun of Tourette's syndrome? 
Yes. Oh my goodness. You know, and so much, not even so much does it offend me, but it just irritates me. And it almost kind of embarrasses me for them. Um, it's so embarrassing to think that your writing is not strong enough that you have to bring in someone's medical condition <laughs> just to be funny. Like how embarrassing is that? And I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just, it's so sad. It's like, oh, we don't know how to be funny and creative and quirky. So let's just find something that actually causes a huge percentage of teenagers to become depressed and suicidal and let's make that our joke. That's embarrassing. And so it breaks my heart for the writers um, that they that they feel that it's okay to pick on something that is honestly very debilitating to other people. Now, on the other end of that, um, I definitely have my moments where I have to laugh my Tourette syndrome off and I want to make sure that I understand or that I explain that there is, I believe that there is a difference between humor and making a mockery of something. Um, and that's where I get frustrated. You know, the humor of it. I mean, I, um, I watch a show called America's Got Talent and it has some, it has some things that are not very family friendly. And so I'm not endorsing everything that's on that show. Um, but I, I do enjoy the show and I've actually auditioned for it, um, like 10 years ago, but, um, there is, there have been, I think twice now comedians, at least that I know of who are hard of hearing. And I hope that that is the politically correct way to say that. Um, but their jokes have truly brought me joy and, um, I've laughed at them hysterically and they're oftentimes for lack of better terms, making fun of themselves and um, kind of poking fun at, um, you know, their culture um, at, pertaining to the certain dis disability or condition that they have. And again, I really hope that I'm being respectful in the way that I'm approaching that phrasing. But anyways, um, there's a way that they, that they do it that is respectful and honest and real and relatable but I don't think that it's okay when you use it as the punchline to make a mockery. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's almost like, is it okay? Like if I, like if I make a certain joke or whatever about Tourette syndrome and then someone else who doesn't have Tourette syndrome makes it like, it, is it, <laughs> then is it like bad all of a sudden? And I think to an extent it is. Uh, and not so much bad. I think bad's a strong word, but I think it's just a matter of a matter of what is the intention behind it. What is the yeah? There we go. There we go. Okay, I just solved this answer for myself. I solved the question for myself. What is the intention behind it? If your intention is to bring awareness to who you are and to teach people to be more comfortable around you and that they don't have to be stiff around you and afraid to offend you all the time, then that's a beautiful intention. But if your intention is to just get a good laugh because you think it's going to be funny and you don't really even have a deep understanding of the struggles behind it, um, then yeah, that's wrong. That's definitely wrong. And I think a lot of it's age too. I mean, I don't really say, well, I don't say anything inappropriate about Tourette syndrome, but there are certain things that I might kind of laugh about with my sister that if I was sitting down with a nine-year-old that's just been diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, it just wouldn't be the same thing for me to say. And it's not that I'm saying anything inappropriate. It's just that my sister has literally gotten whacked upside the head by me like a million times over the last 15 years. And even me laughing at that just then might be offensive to someone else who has Tourette syndrome. So I think it just kind of goes down with the attention and the the age of the person and the experience that they've had with Tourette syndrome or, or the other condition, because that relates to, I think, a lot of things. 
Um, Hannah wants to know how do I cope with it on a daily basis? There is another video. <laughs> I'm always referencing other stuff. Uh, Jamie Grace and what's it called? Or the mouthpiece that took my Tourette syndrome away. Um, I have a mouthpiece that I wear that really helps to free up a nerve in this general area. Podcasters, I'm pointing around my ear. Um, and that general area that really kind of helps with uh, my twitches and my tics. And that has been amazing. I've had it for about a year. I'm, I'm kind of an, an, a vitamin kind of girl. I, I, I do take vitamins and they are very, very, very helpful. Um, so I do like that a lot. But I just say consult your doctor. Some people may find that medication is the, the better route for them or certain therapies might be the better route. So don't, you know, say, oh, Jamie Grace does this. I got to go do it. Definitely consult your family and your doctors and, you know, and just kind of see um, what would be the best idea for you. Um, okay, here we go. This is from Whitney. How can a teacher make a child with Tourette syndrome feel more comfortable in the classroom? First of all, Whitney, if you're a teacher, can I just hug you? Like, every. <laughs> There you go. I'm uh, my hands. I don't know what that was. More like an awkward pat. Thank you, Whitney, for that question. That is amazing. Um, I honestly think this, depending on the age of the child, and I think this might actually just be pertaining to any child under the age of 18. Um, and then, you know, if you're like a professor, that's a little bit different because you're more than likely dealing with someone who's not a minor. I would just go personally and directly to that child um, and their parent. That's what I was saying, depending on the age and their parent, and ask, is there anything that we can do to make you feel more comfortable while you're at school? I wouldn't say it in like a deep, dark kind of emotional, like, I'm just, I'm just hard, you know, don't like, just like, don't, don't do it that way. Like I would just kind of more, more go along the lines of, is there anything that we can do, you know, in a, in a simple way with a sweet smile, something like that. Um, watch a lot of videos about Tourette syndrome, read a lot of books and, and don't, not, I mean, not a lot. You don't have to like spend your whole life learning everything there's to know about Tourette's, but, um, and I don't say that to say that every condition, every person is the same. That's not true. Not every person is, is going to be the same. Um, but it can help to learn a lot. Um, one documentary that I would encourage you to watch is I have Tourette's, but Tourette's doesn't have me. It's made by the TSA fantastic film. So make sure you check that out. And also I would ask the child along with their parent, would you like to do a, um, a teaching moment or whatever you want to call it, um, in class where you can actually spend about two to three minutes and tell your class about Tourette syndrome. Um, if you want, your mom can be there, your dad can be there, or I can even help you be a part of it. Um, a lot of times for us kids with Tourette, um, just,
the first thing I would do is to go to the child sometime after class or something and, and with their parent, you know, if they're under the age of 18 and just ask them, you know, is there anything that I can do as your teacher that would make you feel more comfortable? Don't, don't be all emotional about it. You know, try not to cry. <laughs> you know, be like, oh, I didn't know you had Tourette's, you know, just be simple. Like, Hey, um, I know you have Tourette's syndrome. Is there something that we can do? You know, do you need a break during class? Um, would you like to have a bottle of water? Do you, would it help you if you had a, like a nerve ball or something like that? And not like a nerve ball, <laughs> but like, um, what do they call like the little, you know, like, um, if you have like, you just like need to like, you know what I'm talking about? Those little like things and staples that you sit on your desk. For me, I'm a huge fidget. I need to fidget. I'm always fidgeting with something. Um, so even if it's like, you know, like this, this key right here, I'm just like always, oh, this is actually my friends. I need to get back to her, but <laughs> like if I'm just like, you know, playing with this, like I'm, I'm a constant fidgeter. So you, you may find that there are things that, that would help them. Um, you know, it might help them to stand up during class. Sometimes it might help them to use a laptop in class to take notes. That was something that was really helpful for me because writing was really difficult and it was just, yeah. So I would ask, you know, is there anything that I can do? Um, I would also watch some material about Tourette syndrome. You don't have to spend your whole, you know, teaching career learning everything there is to know. Um, but I would watch, um, what's it called? Is it called front of the classroom or front of the class, the, uh, Brad Cohen story. Um, I would watch that. It's actually about a teacher with Tourette syndrome, so it's not about a student, but I think you should watch it. And then I would also watch, um, I have Tourette's, but Tourette's doesn't have me. It's an amazing documentary put on by the TSA. And then I would also watch every Jamie Grace video. <laughs> um, but no, I, I hope that I'm encouraging to you guys. And I think that material will just kind of help you feel a little bit more equipped of just, um, just being able to encourage them. And then last but not least, I would definitely ask the child if they would like to have an awareness moment where they can talk to their class or they can tell their class about Tourette syndrome. Um, hmm. I just decided that I'm going to make a video that teachers can play in their classrooms. I think I'm going to make it like right now, like right after this. Cool. Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. So yeah, you can show him the video that I'm about to make, or um, you can ask, show their, your class that, or you can ask the child, would you like your mom to help you tell them? Or would you like me to help you? Or would you like to sit down and I tell them? So often what would help us kids with Tourette is if people knew and if people weren't uncomfortable and if they weren't afraid, because that gives us the freedom to be who we are. Oh, it gives us so much freedom. Make sure you check out last week's episode. Hey, teacher, I have insert condition here um, because I think it might also just help you um, understand a little bit of my pers of a student's perspective. Um, all right, and I think this is the last question. Um, there are a lot of really good questions, but I'm not able to get to all of them. And this is from Lisa Bridge Fleming. Do you have anxiety issues with your Tourette? My youngest son is 19. He has Tourette's. He has minor twitches and vocal tics, but the anxiety is worse than the Tourette's. Thanks for being an advocate. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. I, I'm so grateful for you guys and just thank you for being so kind and encouraging. Um, I do have anxiety, you know, um, and I... I do agree with you that the anxiety is sometimes worse than the Tourette because <laughs> the anxiety exasperates, is that the right word? Um, makes the Tourette worse, makes the tics worse. Um, my suggestions for that is just, this is going to be so annoying that I'm about to say this, but just try to keep the anxiety down. Um, you know, try to be on a sleep schedule, try to be on an eating schedule, figure out what foods make you stress, what foods make you tired. Um, go to the gym and work out, join a sport, do something active if you can. Um, music is, is, is 
everything to me <laughs> and not really everything, but you know, Jesus is everything. Then my family, then pizza, then tacos, then music, music, oh, kale, then music. Um, music is, is so essential to my life. Um, when I'm anxious about something, I'm playing piano ballads. Um, you know, I, I turn on music that is encouraging. That is, that is, that is just simple and will just help me find rest and peace. So, um, definitely do that. I think actually I just said, help me find rest and peace and, um, and maybe think of a song and I want to make sure I get the right title of it. Yeah. It's actually Dare McLean's find rest is actually a song that I listen to a lot <laughs> when I'm, when I'm anxious and when my ticks are kind of, uh, cranked up a little bit. So that's definitely something that has been really helpful for me. I, I feel bad not getting all the questions. I just want to skim them really quick and make sure there's not a topic that I didn't get to cover yet. Um, oh, Tom says if you meet someone for the first time and are going to have an ongoing relationship with them, neighbors, coworkers, business, at what point do you let them know that you have Tourette's, if at all? So again, referencing another video, I did an interview with Air One out in Sacramento, California. Um, and I talked about how I love to sneak in the fact that I have Tourette's syndrome. I like to get it over with. I don't say that in a negative way, but it's like, it's usually a whole conversation. People are like, well, I would have never guessed or what? You're not cussing, you know? So it's like, I just like to get out of the way. I've become maybe a little too comfortable with talking about Tourette's all the time to all people. Um, because for me, I can't really hide it. Like everybody knows that. I mean, I don't date a lot because I'm not a casual dater, but even <laughs> typically on like a first date, I'm like, yo, you know, right? <laughs> um, and so I'm just, I'm very open about it. Um, I I would say, you know, so what, what were the examples? He said neighbors, coworkers, business. Yeah, I mean, if you're just having a, a small, simple conversation, that's fine. I feel like when you get into a, um, a conversation that has passed the surface level with someone, the question I feel like that always kind of leads there is where are you from? Or, you know, when did you move here? You know, any kind of personal question. You're not talking about the weather. You're not talking about a local restaurant. You're not talking about politics. Well, I feel like that's actually really deep. But, you know, you're not talking about surface level stuff. You're The second you ask a personal question. So I would say, this is, again, just my advice. It might not work for everyone, but I would say whenever a personal conversation comes up. Um, so if, yeah, if it's somebody you work with and they're, you know, asking, oh, I see your wife makes you this sandwich every day. I guess you really like it. Psh, find a way to sing and be like, yeah, you know, I, my family, they're really great, really supportive. You know, I've, I've got Tourette's and they're really great about that. I know that was super random, but I just wanted to tell you. Do you know about Tourette's? Okay, cool, cool. And I know it sounds crazy. We're, everyone's personality is different. Everybody's going to be different. But I have <laughs> kind of become a pro. I don't say that in any kind of arrogance, but I've become a pro at sneaking in the topic of Tourette's syndrome <laughs> literally anywhere that I go. Um, the second we start talking anything personal or, you know, direct to us, I definitely start to, I don't know, I just definitely start to bring up Tourette syndrome and go in with that conversation. Somebody says, does coffee help? I don't like coffee, but I'm going to assume it doesn't because it's caffeine. And I've, I've had caffeine before, like, uh, like a Coca-Cola and that was a really bad idea. Um, so <laughs> I definitely will not be doing that again. All right. Well, I think those are, um, oh, so, okay. Someone's saying, is Tourette syndrome contagious? No, it is not. There's, there, it's not contagious. I do think that there are some, you know, genetic components to it. Um, my, I do have quite a bit of family members that have, um, 
do have quite a bit of family members that have different tics and that have OCD and anxiety issues as well. Um, but I do not have, um, it is not contagious. You can't catch it from someone else. Um, Andrew says, does having TS affect the process of making music? Um, yeah, a lot of times, um, a lot of times it does. It, it can really help the process of making music because when I make music, I don't tick and I don't twitch and that's like the best freedom in the entire world. Um, but it can sometimes have a negative impact because I, uh, I don't know if it's Tourette or my associated conditions, but my focus can be really off. I get very distracted very easily and, um, I can forget things and it just, sometimes it's borderline crippling. Um, if I get really anxious or really overwhelmed or if my tics are really bad or out of control and my mouthpiece is nowhere in sight. <laughs> um, I mean, it happens on stage sometimes. I just get very distracted. And if you've ever been to one of my concerts, you've probably just seen me kind of play it off. And I try my hardest to play it off. And sometimes I laugh it off because sometimes it's a little funny to me, but sometimes it's really very difficult. I'll be explaining something and um, a flash will go off in the crowd or a kid is, you know, I don't know, eating a snack during the show or, or I'm seeing someone have a conversation in the crowd and I'm not blaming anyone, but these are things that for someone like me who my tics are oftentimes triggered by certain lights or, um, my ADHD is triggered by certain sounds or my anxiety is triggered by certain sounds and social situations. Um, it can be very overwhelming and very taxing to continue, to speak or make sense or um, connect with people, even in a one-on-one, -on -one, I know I'm totally straying from music right now, but even in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or sometimes even making videos, um, it can be really hard if I see something happen, um, not, not, not even anything major, but like say I'm in a restaurant and I'm sitting across from someone, I'm sitting across from my sister and someone walks in and they have a pink purse. And all of a sudden, all I can think about is my pink purse that's at home. But it's at home on the floor. And I forgot to clean up my room. And so now when I get home, I'm going to have to clean up my room. But what if I was planning on cooking and I need to spend those 30 minutes that I was going to cook. Now I need to spend those 30 minutes cleaning up my room. You know, and it's it just is it's a spiral. And I think a lot of times we kind of joke and kind of laugh like, you know, hey, everybody, how's it going? Squirrel, you know, we, we go with that. And I do think it's, you know, I think it's okay to kind of laugh at yourself. I think that's okay. But it can be very difficult and very crippling. And um, to the point sometimes where I'm just kind of sitting there like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know where I'm going. I, I'm just lost. So that's frustrating. I know the question was, does it ever affect music? But it does affect music and every aspect of my life sometimes. I feel like I'm like ending this video so deep and so serious. And I really wasn't trying to. I just kind of, that question really stuck out to me. And I'm I'm really glad that I got to answer it. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for sending in your questions. They were they were such good questions. And I'm so glad that I got to do this Tourette Syndrome Q&A. I would love to know if this was helpful for you guys at all. You can leave it you know, in the comments below. Did you learn anything? Do you have Tourette Syndrome? Is there anything that I didn't cover? Do you have a different answer that I gave to one of these questions? Obviously, everyone's different. So I want to know, you know what your answers are to some of these questions as well. Um, so definitely leave a comment. I would love, 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 love to hear hear your opinions and to hear your thoughts. Um, you may be listening via podcast or watching via video, but either way, I'm so...
You may be listening via podcast or watching via video, but either way, I am so grateful that you joined me today. Be sure you subscribe. <laughs> be sure to subscribe uh, to make sure that you do not miss a moment. And if you would like to share your story, make a donation, or read a host of our daily user-submitted stories, you can visit imafighter.org. Thank you so much for joining. I will see you or talk to you or both in one week. <laughs> Keep fighting. Bye.